I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. What would you do if God gave you a very specific word about who was going to be president and then you began to walk it out and a ton of people in the church came against you because of your revelation? Well, that's exactly what's happened to Lance Wall now, who's got revelation about the current Trump administration that's really profound. And I'm going to ask him the hard questions today in front of a live studio audience about, you know, do you believe this or this or this about your prophetic words or about, you know, how people have misunderstood or mistook some of the prophetic words. Tell us about the journey of this as God's led you into speaking words about this presidency and also over the president himself. Take us on that journey. What is that like, especially when he's such a controversial, probably the most controversial president we've ever had, if not the second or third most. And so it's going to be really exciting to hear from Lance and Annabelle, who also adds in the flavor of who is Lance and Annabelle? Who, is, who are they as a family? Who are they as a couple? I love Annabelle. You're going to really enjoy her God stories as well. We recorded this at our Modern Prophetic Symposium. We had it in front of a live audience, and now we get to include you as well, our Exploring the Prophetic podcast crowd. And I love this podcast because we're, we have the theme of breakthrough for season three, and this definitely will be in the vein of that theme. If God gives you a word to stand with somebody who's not part of popular opinion, and some people group and how you have to walk and navigate that out as well as some of the other things that I get to ask them about. So stay tuned for a really exciting, very interesting episode. Hey, this is Sean Bowles and my wife and I, Cherie, want to invite you into our Thriving Marriage eCourse where we are sharing 10 of our favorite lessons of tools that we have that keep our marriage in a place of connectedness and thriving that God intended for marriage. And we've had to work on these things. Each one of them is hard work unless you really have an exceptional tool. And we've taken some of the psychological and therapy tools that are available right now to the world around us, but we've grounded them and deep theology and deep love. So I'm gonna encourage you to grab hold of this, especially if you're newly married or if you're celebrating your 10 year anniversary this year, either one, it's great to refresh yourselves with tools or to grab hold of those tools and actually go on your journey in marriage very intentionally. So I wanna invite you, grab hold of it at bowlsministries.com. Well, I am excited about this interview. I've been wanting to do this. It's one of my key components of this event that I just felt was important because we have the wall nows, which they're both coming out in just a minute. And one of the things that's been happening in their life, uh, they've had a lot of unique relationships, conversations with people, connections, advisor roles, mom and dad roles, these kinds of things. But one of the unique things that's happened is just a few years ago, Lance heard from the Lord powerfully to unite his faith for President Trump to be elected in office. Now, I know many of you are excited. Some of you are not excited. I come from a church where mostly everybody is a Democrat or independent. And so our church in LA, we don't have as many excited people. We had to tell people, you are now an intercessor. And you can't say, he's not my president. You have to say, God's appointed this man, and so how do I pray? <laughs> then there's other people who are like, this is the answer for America. And we can see all kinds of good and bad and ugly in our, in our genres right now. So it's interesting, in the, one of the most controversial presidents, if not the most controversial, that Lance and Annabelle have been 
on the wall for him as intercessors and actually speaking about this. And some people have just been offended by like, oh, you are pro-Trump, which means you're not pro-Jesus or pro-anything. Other people are like, yes, but it's so polarizing. And I want to talk to him a little bit about that because I remember one of the first presidents that I prophesied over and he was so unpopular with the Christian church in the whole nation of the nation I was in that the church turned against me and, and nationally boycotted an event we were going to do, but we got all the entertainers and politicians came. So we didn't have the Christians come, but we had all these entertainers and politicians. And I'm like, this is weird. Like God gave me an assignment to minister to the president. I was never saying I believe in everything he's doing. I just was called to go in. And because there was a photo of me in his office, I got demonized, but then I got a whole harvest and all these celebrities got saved and all these politicians got saved. So we have to realize that God sends us to people like God sent, you know, uh, Ananias to Saul the man who killed all the Christians and because he was doing something in Saul's life. And many times the people God sends us to are not an indicator of our character or who we are. And so I wanted Lance and Annabelle to come. One of the, that was one of the many reasons, but to just kind of share their heart and the journey of that because I think it's so intriguing. I've been watching from afar, everyone's while having conversations. But on top of that, they're just an amazing couple with an amazing family. So with no further ado, come on in, or come on in my living room. I guess that's what this says. Come on out into my living room. I love you guys, yes. Let's all stand and just thank God for the wall nows. Come on over. Well, first of all, how are you guys? First of all, you got to know what it's like backstage. Can't hear you guys. He's going, Trump. Polarizing. So he has no idea what I said, so I can ask him all kinds of questions. It was all good. It was very positive. I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> How are you guys, though? Doing good, yes. So happy to be here. Wow, that worship. Boop. Oh, my gosh. We almost all got taken out in the back. And <laughs> so I, wonderful. I somehow pulled out and said, we're going to have a real interview because we almost missed it because we were all like this in the back, you know? Yeah. That's it's, great. It is. It's like cannabis when you get around. It's like the, it's like the smoke machines are delivering some kind of... Holy spirit. There, there's some... There's controversy about that subject, so we won't go there, but. Yeah. <laughs> Surprising who brought that but, up. But I mean, it's like, what's in that smoke machine? I want to check that out. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. So you guys on your journey right now with where you're at, you guys have your kids. One of them got married not too long ago. Yay, God. Yes, indeed. And uh, who I really, I just love your family. And uh, you guys are living here in the Dallas area. And what is life like right now? What are you up to? What's it like, honey? Well... You know what? We just got home last night and we're here. Lance is leaving in the morning for Morningstar. So our life is quick and uh, we have really fast suitcase packing systems down. <laughs> and I don't mind, you know. I actually took some time home because I replaced both of my hips last year. Oh, wow. And so I'm actually just getting back on the road myself. We just did uh, nine days in California. We had three events back to back, which was really amazing because we were in paradise. There was yeah. grace on it, and then there was bad weather here. It's so Paradise, it was, San Diego. Just paradise Point. But it is Paradise in San Diego. Anyway, you know what life's like? It's just amazing. It's just been so rich. I love think? that. What do you think, honey? But you know, it's different when you're traveling with your wife. And, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and, and in a sense, it's kind of like um, some of us are more visible on the front end of the ministry but the wife plays such a dominant role in private that uh, I found out that people, especially with social media, people like it 
when they catch your normal. Yeah. Or like I sound like I'm together. I make a great, I, I put a great deal of effort into sounding together. And then and suddenly in the middle of a broadcast or something, your wife comes walking in. Or crawling in, because <laughs> right. you want me to see me on the screen, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, and people, but people catch that part, and I was surprised that people are like, that's, like one night I was doing, I was doing this thing to, to the prophetic thing. I was talking about, I was having this irritation about something political. And so it was a political thing. It was just kind of those irritable moments. And, and I was saying, this is so not right. And, like, and there was a mayor involved. There was a mayor involved. And Annabelle plops down. And right away she does what a wife would do in private, but now it's being seen. Oh, no. And she says, well, you know, we're called the blessing, not curse, Lance. Yes. And so. She done called you I got, out. I got, and so she goes, I think that we're supposed to pray for them. If we're upset about it, we should be praying. Don't you think so? And it's like, and it's like what happens is it's live. And I'm thinking I could always delete it later. But I'm going to probably leave this one up because it's just raw and in the moment. And so my expression went from agitated to distracted to contemplative to convicted to praying. <laughs> and that's how we got Mercedes Sparks to work with us because she right. saw it. And she's like, and so, oh, I like this couple's right, transparency. Right. And, so, and, so, and so somebody who I was, yeah, we, we really needed to have on our team was looking at that moment and said, thank you. Well, that's authentic. So... That's amazing. I could work with them. He doesn't invite me on too often, actually. Did you notice? Because I throw him off sometimes. So it's really okay with me because I'm not always like, here we are brushing our teeth. Here we are making dinner. Here we are in the food store. What should we have? But you do a lot of great stuff. I know. I just am not into it as much. Anyway, Sean's interviewing. (laughs) I'm enjoying this. It's it's fun to see the real life couple. And I think that that's what this generation is hungry for. they're, They're sick of reality shenanigans. They're looking for reality. And I think it's beautiful sometimes when we see those glimpses of you guys. And it's just so awesome to have you here in a more of a candid moment. Uh, now, let's go backwards because I don't think a lot of people knew some of your history in the Pentecostal world. And like Kim Clement was, and his wife were some of your best friends in the world. And you grew up in this. You, grew, you just weren't as well known in the sense of being prophetic voice. And back in the days, you were like doing mostly like business and consulting. And then as far as ministering to people and helping to advise but people didn't know you were a prophet in disguise or prophets in disguise, that you guys hear from God really powerfully and they didn't anticipate that. And then you start to emerge more as far as giving a temperature over different issues well before Trump, other issues. And it was a very big turn. But then people were like, oh, wait a minute. You've been in this for a long time. Like the stealth came off. What was that like? And tell us a little bit about your background. So the interesting thing about the prophetic is because we associate so much with the prophetic, with the word of knowledge or personal prophecy. If you look at prophets that were like Joseph or Daniel in the Old Testament, they weren't necessarily giving, thus says the Lord, direction for people. That they were strategically tuned into some kind of major things that were shifting. I mean, was it Daniel 11 verse 1? As an angel, Gabriel comes and says, to him, I and I was there in the first year of Darius uh, in order to establish him. And I'm reading a weird verse like that, and the Lord says, angels are interacting with prophets in the realm of intercession and speaking and advising in order to establish world rulers, not just Christian rulers. Wow. And it's all in one verse. Gabriel's makes this declaration, I established Darius in the first year. So... So for me, the, the weird thing is 
I would see stuff. So Kim would love to be around me because it's highly prophetic, but it wasn't the same genre. He would yeah. do the word of knowledge and prophecy, but I could sense where he was going and I could sense where things were happening. So it's kind of like a, being on the fault line of, of societal shifts and what's coming. So I would, from that perspective, it became rather strange when Donald Trump emerged because I was actually meeting Kim in New York to meet with Trump oh, when wow. he was suddenly taken ill and he didn't show up, but I did. And so when I was there, while he was recovering and getting and, try, and trying to get healed, I went home. And but it comes by association, this relationship stuff. And I heard in my left ear, like a ticker tape, Donald Trump is a wrecking ball to the spirit of political correctness. And it's like, what was that? It was the way that he would hear jumped wow. over on me because he wasn't able to say what he was going to say. So I had the burden now of going from the intuitive Daniel prophet to the word of the Lord is. Boom. Wow. And so, so it's I just, Kim's fault. It was Kim's fault. Wow. So Annabelle, tell me this about Lance, because you've been ministering with him and family with him and you know, raising everyone with him, doing this whole thing with him. Um, tell me some of the things that you've been really, and I'm going to ask you the same thing about Annabelle. Tell me some of the things you've been inspired by walking in this, these God destinies and these appointments with him. What are you inspired by, by Lance? And I'm giving you time to do the same thing for Annabelle. Well, Lance's uh, anointing, first of all, I used to edit Lance for 35 years. Um, <clears throat> so I actually listened to his message a lot more than a lot more than anybody because wow. they have to listen to it so many times to get the product right. But the point is, every time you listen to what he's saying, it expands your capacity. Wow. And, he, and I'm, I'm not just saying this because it is an actual fact that when you guys go into his laboratory and you're sitting under his anointing and listening to what he says, you get his voice in your ear and your capacity is just like, whoa. And so, you know what? I, I've grown in leaps and bounds in the word and he's like my rabbi, but he's my husband and he's my lover, but he's also really a king and a priest. So what I get from Lance is this, the user-friendliness and the permission to be all you can be in God and don't limit it to just the church. We pastored 20 years. Don't limit it just to the marketplace. We have lots of businesses. Don't limit it to just the family. Bring your family with you. I mean, don't leave your family at home. Bring your family with you. A lot of our children have come with us everywhere and they're amazing. They're they're like gone beyond us already. They're a wall now 2.0. I love it. And they're that. not even over 30 years old yet, any That's of them. That's amazing. Isn't it bless you, your oh, children? I love it. I, absolutely. And your children bless me. It's a vision. You, well, I mean, all our children, like, you guys get to so pour into them, and you won't believe what comes back. Your vision will talk to you the rest of your life. It's wow. gorgeous. Now, tell us about this beautiful woman. Well, as you can see, it's the gusto and the, and the joie de vivre. So when I met her, she was a makeup artist and a tap dancer. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> I remember when I first led her to the Lord, and we were in, uh, in church, and suddenly the spirit would hit her, and she'd just go, all the way across the front of the platform like that. That's awesome. And none of the preachers could figure out what she was doing. I said, wow, she's just tapping to Jesus. That's what's happening right now. That's right. But the... Uh, but I would have these moody moments because I'm not saying it's Jewish, but I have a percentage of me. Plays the octaves. Ashkenazi Jew. And, and I get, I get this, uh, these minor, these octaves, these, these moodiness things. And I remember trying to be depressed or agitated or connect with some melancholy thought. And it's impossible around Annabelle to do that because she's like effervescent. She's like the sound of the cork coming out of the champagne bottle. 
So, <laughs> so, and I knew this was going to happen, Sean, when we first got married, and we're driving down the road, and I was wrestling with something and praying, and she goes, what's the matter? I go, oh, no, 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 I just, you know, something's bothering me. It's got just since this irritability. She goes, what? I said, it's an irritability. I'm just breaking this thing off. She goes, an ibibibu? I go, what? She goes, you said you feel ibibibu? I said, I didn't say irritable. I said irritable. And then I realized right then in a microcosm, she would never be in agreement with the condition I'm in if it's not healthy. Wow. That's amazing. Aren't you glad? Yes, of course I am. Praise the Lord. Oh, we're so glad for you because if there was someone who would tolerate the irritability in us men, then we would become more like that. We would become the wrong version of ourselves. And I mean... There's something in greatness in both of you drawn out, and I've watched it just to see both of you have been formed by each other so much. And it's like, I know your voice, Lance, in my mind, there's many times I'll be thinking, what would Lance do in this situation when I'm with certain business people or whatever, just because our few conversations we've had, and then just listening to you for years, there's ways that you think that are impressionable to us. Like, they, it causes us to think differently. So if you haven't gone on a Lance Walnow journey with some of the materials he has, It'll, it'll change the way you structure your conversations with people who are in influence or people who are empowered. It's really interesting. But this, this most recent season, uh, you know, the, the Trump administration part of your journey, I, I had said, you might not have heard me, but I said one of the presidents that I was called to walk alongside for a minute, he was hated in this country by the Christians. I mean, he was hated by the Christians. They were like, he's had an affair, he's embezzled money. We've seen this all publicly. So at one point, the, they boycotted a meeting we were going to do, and I ended up having all the celebrities, entertainers, and politicians came, but no Christian voices or pastors would come. And we had a harvest. It was amazing. Like, we had such an incredible time. I was grateful. I was like, okay. But I didn't think about that being in my own country, like where there's people, you're so, there's people who literally backed away from you because you've been brave and said, you're just on this Trump bandwagon. And then there's other people who are like, go Trump, but there's not many people in between, except for people who are kind of quiet quietly observing maybe. So tell us about like, you get this word from God that Trump is going to be a wrecking ball. He's going to be a Cyrus. And there's some people who might think you've taken it too far or feel like, you know, what are you doing now? Like you're now become a political one that's not just Christian. You're not, you're not bipartisan anymore. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And it's kind of fascinating in a way. Of course, of course I've taken it uh, to where it's supposed to go, but it's too far for a religious spirit, no matter what you do. Yeah. So if you, become a, if you become a billionaire, you went too far into the money. If you become a, a movie maker, but that you don't make a Christian movie, you went too far into Hollywood. If you end up uh, being a statesman and you, have to do some, and you have to do the necessary business of passing legislation that isn't 100% Christian, but that's the way it is, at least you're at the table shaping the legislation, they went a little too far into the deep, you know, into yeah. the deep state. So no matter... Where you go, the moment that you go into the realm where you're um, fully affiliated with what God is doing, you are only operating in the bandwidth of tolerance for about 15% of the body of Christ. The rest of them are later, are, are called, they're early adopters is what it's called. Yeah. They're the early ones. They see drums in the sanctuary. They see marketplace Christianity. And, but at the time that you see it, you are, you are labeled as extreme or imbalanced wow. because the nature of a religious spirit is to find equilibrium anchored in a previous revelation. Wow. So it, pu it pushes against the next thing. 
Well, and part of the thing with Trump in particular, any politician, whenever there's an alignment, and I know it could be somebody who's not as controversial, the church is afraid to have a voice with politics or terrified because uh, there's been the separation of church and state for so long. And so how are you, having a word from God is so defining because you're not just saying, hey, we should vote with our conscience or we should be involved with this. You're saying the Lord is appointing someone for a specific reason that's gonna benefit us all. And we have to look at what God's not do- God is doing, not what he's not doing. So you're like looking at this whole scenario. How would you define that to somebody who doesn't know how to, how to wrap their faith around that? Or maybe they've been afraid of looking at politics as a Christian. This, this is really, really important. So think about what you just said, because we have the separation of church and state. What we have is our own brains have been so penetrated by, um, by a narrative that we ourselves are not aware of the degree to which it has tainted us. The separation of church and state was actually the reverse. It was the separation from the church of the interference of the state. It wasn't the separation of Christians from engagement with their own government. Yeah. So when Washington says, I'm going to come up with this, uh, I'm the first president, I want to do this thing right, uh, Let's start with me swearing in on a Bible. He comes up with the Bible. and he, So if, if separation of religion from politics is the idea, then Washington got it wrong for the moment he put his hand on a Bible. So we, but we've been taught separation of church and state, and it's, it's emasculated us. When in fact the government is supposed to be the extension of the will of the people. The government has been weaponized by a small number of people to cut off the influence of people of faith. Yeah. And so, the, uh, so the, the first thing we have to recognize is, and I was on, like, I was on a TV show with Ward Simpson and God TV, and, I, and this awkward moment came up where he was uh, not wanting me, because I don't do a lot of Christian TV in a lot of churches because people are all worried about me being extreme. And so, um, <laughs> which is weird so because funny. I could do business, wow. I could do any environment, but, the, but, but anyway, so I was there, and, and I remember him saying, well, you really, the Lord did use you this last election, and here's what I said. I said, the Bible says the government shall be upon his shoulders, and that we're called to make disciples of nations. We should be focusing on how the government of Jesus permeates the institutions of nations so that they could be in their right mind rather than wrong. Yeah. And it broke something off of him, because in that moment he said, ah, oh, We're not talking politics. We're talking about the government. I said, yeah, we're called to pray for government, not politicians. Politicians politicians are empty suits that get filled by what the voting populace wants to vote for. So uh, what we're looking for is is a a discipling of nations mentality. Or I'll tell you what, the mechanisms that are against us are so weaponized right now that within a very short period of time, you will find your freedom to speak what this book says uh, under, under uh, judgment so that you'll, you'll be punished, you'll be put out of business. It's already happening to bakers and florists and, and uh, photographers. And trust me, they're coming for pulpits at the ultimate end of the day because it's not a, it's not a political issue. It's a spiritual issue. And two governments are colliding, yeah. the kingdom of God and the kingdom of hell. And it's going to take secular leaders, like a Churchill, like I said, Lincoln, Churchill, Trump, I'm not looking for the, the, the tongue-talking, prophetic, dream-interpreting Pentecostal in the White House. I'm looking for somebody who has such, uh, such immovable principle regarding what they believe, like Lincoln, 
that I can pray for them knowing I'm propping them up in the direction God already shaped them to make decisions. Wow. And so we don't have to have a Christian in the, you know, in the highest point. We have to have Christians in proximity yeah. so we can hold their arms up. Anyway, we're, I'm sorry. I just get off on that. Go you ahead. did great. You did yes, awesome. clap. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We yes. love America. Woo! That's the big thing, you guys. We love our, how many love your country? Raise your hand. See? You find a lot of, a lot of things that are happening in your world are against our country. It's shocking. It's yeah. just shocking. If we live here, we should love it here. We should just love our country and act like it. Now tell me this, Annabelle, because of Lance's, uh, I know a lot of the perspective he's carrying and the prophecies he's carrying have been so defining and I've been enjoying just the process of seeing, I know you're not in it for the photo op with the president, you're in it because you have a mandate with God. You know, you're not, there's no uh, ego in this at all. You're saying, I have seen something and I'm helping to point the way at what I'm seeing, which has been profound. But has it uh, been a burden? I know there's been some, uh, and I'm doing this because some of you are prophetic and you need to know the cost behind it. What is the cost in your family? Has there been some persecution? Has there been, has it had any personal effect? Oh yeah. Well, my whole family, I'm from a family with seven children and I'm the only one who voted for Trump. My parents were, um, well, one was a Democrat, one was a Republican. So every time they voted their whole married life of 50-something years, they always canceled <laughs> each other out. But, but we always had the ability to talk at dinner freely because, you know, we had all kinds of political ideas at the table for dinner every night, and everyone was allowed to have an opinion. But now we make an agreement not to talk about politics or religion when we're together, so wow. we have a successful holiday. Yeah. Because it's pretty bad pretty fast. And I don't even want to even go there because I love my family. And I've been interceding for them for their whole life since yeah. I was in God. And a couple of them are saved. But, you know, you mix that cocktail up and, boy, there's, a, there's some pretty, pretty fast inflammation. And my mom, who I adore, she can go off the edge. She doesn't even want to hear the president. I said, Mom, you were one of the most amazing, elegant, eloquent, and smart women I ever knew in my whole life. You will not listen to the president of the United States make speech? What? She said, no. He's a blank, 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 fill it in. And I said, Mom, that's unbelievable. You taught me how I had to watch the news and listen to everybody talk. And she goes, I will not do it. And I just thought, you know what? How far we came. Yeah. So it's good that we moved to Texas because we're far away. We don't have to go to dinner every Sunday anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they all live on the East Coast, you know? I love my family. Yeah. I'm telling you, I love them forever. But it's such an indicator that there's a spirit involved in spirit. this issue. Yeah. I think of Los Angeles right now. We're in California. We're dealing with some stuff in our school districts that are... Um, where they're over, overly sexualizing children from the time they're in kindergarten. It's crazy that they have sexual curriculum for kindergartners that are same-sex marriage, um, all kinds of marriage issues. And it's just too much. It's just not what we should have right now. And the parents are just catching up because they didn't do a parent vote. They just kind of, they slid something in past, you know, the parents. And it was really interesting because I put a post online and it was, a, I'm mad. I'm mad at this and spiritually I feel this is wrong. And this, the the hate and the, the pushback I got, even from people who support us, who said, we will no longer support you because you are so filled with a political spirit. And I was like, no, you're so filled with the political spirit yeah. because I'm actually standing up for truth and for protecting my children and protecting our values. And this is not Brother. a religious issue, but there is a spirit behind a lot of the things. And you can tell by the level of anger when people won't have a conversation anymore. It's, it's the list. This is so, I was so inspired actually by your post. And because uh, I read it, and here's here's where we're at. The Christians, 
that would push against you being upset about what is being authorized to be taught to children. Those types of Christians don't realize it, but they're actually under the influence of a spirit. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. So what you have in the last days is you have the Ahab of passivity and the Jezebel of intimidation, seduction, and domination. Yeah. So Jezebel is the epitome of witchcraft in its pointed edge, and Ahab is apathy in its tolerance. The church has fallen into an Ahab submission to the spirit of Jezebel. Wow. And, um, and any time that you make them uncomfortable by bringing up where, uh, like an Elijah, now here's the thing, you've got that strong prophetic anointing. You could, you, could, you could do a meeting like this. Very few people could do what you're doing. But that's, that Elijah did have his confrontation with Jezebel and Ahab. Yeah. And so as, as we are looking at the, the mesmerizing of the West, because we're watching a culture that is halting between two opinions, they don't know right from wrong. They don't know true from false. They don't know whether America would be better off socialist or free enterprise. They don't know if a man could be a woman, a woman could be a man. They don't know if men should be married. And they don't know if children should or should not be taught in, you know, to be accepting and embracing of these worldviews. We're watching the deconstruction of Western civilization on our watch. And the only antidote, the only power that has been authorized by heaven to deal with the gates of hell are the people that know Jesus Christ. And as long as we isolate ourselves into some kind of fictitious alternate universe where revival is going to fix the problem, we're actually yielding ourselves to a false hope because the revival comes when we cross over the Jordan and deal with the ites that are in the land versus wandering in the wilderness and God smiting them or knocking them out of the power. We have to go into the system. We have to go to the strong man's house. And then if we contend, we're going to see nations and harvests in our lifetime. And the Cyrus word I got for Trump is actually Bolsonaro in Brazil. It's also Victor Orban in Hungary. God is raising up Cyrus leaders right now. And the church isn't even aware of this. Cyrus leaders are being raised up to contend for the Judeo Christian foundations of their national identity. Yes. They are not willing to be assimilated into a globalist uh, soup. They want to be able to see the glory of their nation put on exhibition and the, and the individuality of their nation um, made, made great. And it's the spirit of Cyrus that God is doing right now on nations that are sheep nations that are emerging. God's doing a work in our day that if we were to hear about it, we would hardly believe it. That's amazing. Well, I do want to go back to uh, the price you paid for this. And I love Annabelle's answer and just saying, you know, in family, it's, it's brought tension. And I think you guys, you're so relaxed, though, because you're so confident in your identity and what you guys are doing. And I, do, I love that that's on display to you guys, because some of you have things that you're supposed to tackle, words you're supposed to give, and they don't create joy at all times. Like, there's a price to pay. And I love that even though they're paying a price and some of the things that they're believing in and for and helping people in different nations in different ways, the level of confidence and calm that's on your life and it's behind the scenes and in front of us is beautiful and it's such a model in dealing with global conversations. I, think, I, I believe, Lance, that any given day, you're probably in the middle each month of 30 to 50 international conversations that could change the destiny of nations and corporations. 
And the calm that's on you right now is so beautiful. And I feel like it's a model. And I feel like some of you just needed to feel that in this interview, that there's a place of like contentment. There's a place of, even though you said this, these big things as far as there's a spirit of Ahab and there's a spirit of Jezebel and Elijah needs to rise up, there's a confidence that he's going to rise up. Right. And that's what I love about you guys is that there's this beautiful confidence in the love of God, the nature of God, that, that there's no end to Elijah's story. There's an end to Jezebel's story. There's an end to Ahab. Yeah. Well, you know what? Listen, we um, grew up in the Lord. So now we've been in the Lord over 35 years. Me, Lance, probably 40. But the point is, you know, we believe in deliverance too. So I'm hoping my whole family gets delivered. And I'm holding them in a place of love because they are my family. Like I, I, I mean, we have the seven mountains. Lance popularized this idea, right? But my mountain is the family mountain forever. So no matter whatever happens, you know what? I'm a lover first. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an American second. I mean, who can and that's, even compare? that's so cool that God put you guys together too in the context of the balance. You, you know, the seven <laughs> mountains and you're like, I am the family mountain because it keeps you so rooted oh, in that place it. of love, which is so awesome. And well, any right. final thoughts you want to say just before we end this? Interview? I just want to say that John Bolt uh, prophesied over me two years ago and he said that what you're going to be doing by, he goes, what does May 9th mean to you? I said, oh, that's my birthday. And he said, well, what you're going to be doing by your birthday is what God designed you to do for the rest of your life. So that year, before May 9th, I was doing a women's meeting I thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to do women's meetings. I mean, I love them, but I guess that's it, Lord. So this year on May 9th, I signed the contract for my new warehouse because I actually, we, um, mostly me, but Lance isn't with me, but I mean, we actually are putting in all this furniture for people coming out of homelessness into their first home. And so what we get to do is, yeah, it's so much fun. That's amazing. It's so fun. The family amazing. And yeah. it's true. She's got, we got, we have, uh, any one day we could have <laughs> the mattresses that are supplying Fort Worth in my living room. No, no, they don't come to our house. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did have to use our house a few times. Uh, be, and even right now, our dining room's full of lamps. But the thing is because <laughs> the rain made us have to delay moving in until the 21st of May. But truthfully, I mean, that is, I can tell. There's a foaming up in the mouth here. I get so excited about, you know, bringing people in their, their new bed. And so many people never uh. had a bed. And then we get, let them pick out their own bedding, and then we get into the housewares. And they never had their own bed. That's so, amazing. So the first person was because Lance Jr.'s room had a flood in it. Our son got married. He didn't live there anymore. And so he decided we aren't going to make it a bedroom. We had to give that bedroom set away. So that woman who received that first bedroom set, her seven-year-old had never slept in a bed in his life. Wow. So that was the first twin bed. And since then, there were 38. Now we're addicted, and we got into the, big, the bigger uh, warehouse. So we're, yes! that's just the beginning. And May 9th. I love it. The and, family mountain. Isn't that cool? And while we're That's talking amazing. about Sean World, words, I remember an embarrassing moment that happened like about a year ago. Oh, no. And that uh, he was talking, I, I was you know, at lunch with you at Cheyans, and, and he said, I, I'm Mark, I'm getting the name Mark, and I didn't hear, it was at lunch, and he said, Mark, and then he said, September 4th. Now, that's my birthday. And so I heard September 4th, and suddenly I tuned in, and I jump up, and he looks at me and goes, Lance, you're not Mark. <laughs> I go, oh, sorry about that. And I went to go sit back down. He goes, no, 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 no. I got to stand up. I got to work for you. So then he says, you know, something regarding media. He goes, you'd be surprised at how easy it'll be. So here's the interesting thing. This is the first month we just started with, um, we're, gonna st- we're starting with television. Because what I decided was that the body of Christ needs to hear an optimistic but penetrating analysis of what's going on so that it doesn't feed the fear 
and it doesn't feed the pessimism. So, like, in two days, I'm going to be, on Monday, I'm going to speak to the Christian Comedy Association. You talk about a strange thing. <laughs> because I want to hire writers that can actually find the humor and the irony and the, and the, and the laughter in the midst of all of these, the left does a brilliant job of it. I mean, we're bombarded every night by, by, that, by that spirit. And I'm saying, is there not a way to be able to have a slingshot that could deal with this Goliath and yet do it in, a, in an upbeat, informative, positive way? That's amazing. And that was the word you gave. And so that gave me confidence to pull the trigger on. Well, I will say this, the day that I gave that word, you said, we just found out we had money allocated to media that we didn't even know we had, that our, someone on your board or someone called and said, you have all this money that was allocated. And you're like, we have that money? And you just had found out that day. So after I gave you the word, you told me, and I was like, yes. I was so excited for you because I want to see you on TV. I believe in it. And you're so humorous. And you're so truthful. I just think it's going to be so much fun. Hallelujah. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you you all now. We love you guys. Thank you for being here. Let's just thank them. They're amazing. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic family. This is Sean Bowles. And I don't know if you know this, but Bowles Ministries, our ministry, puts together these podcasts for you every week. If you're listening in your car or your gym or at home while you're making your kids lunch for school, whether you're listening to at church or wherever you're listening to this, we have done our best to put together a quality podcast to explore the subject of hearing God's voice with you. And we want to continue to do this and we need your partnership. I want to encourage you, if you're loving the show, if you're connected to the show, there's three ways you can partner. Number one is we would love your prayer support. Pray for us. This is not an easy thing to do week after week after week. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of coordination. And it also takes a lot of spiritual presence, just being present with what God's doing. Number two, financially support us. We would love your financial support and partnership. We have an incredible partnership program where you can engage with a community of people who are partnering with Bulls Ministries to send the message of hearing God's voice around the world. We do events. We do, of course, this podcast. We do all kinds of things that are free things where we give videos online. We do uh, webinars. We do all kinds of things to encourage people to hear God's voice and to activate their gifts, to activate them in the faith it takes to go on this incredible journey. So financially support us by going to bowlsministries.com. And the third way you can help us is subscribe and also leave a review under the podcast and share it with your friends. Share it on your social media platform. Tell your friends about it at work. Tell your friends about it at church. And the more you help us, the word of mouth is the most powerful source of engaging the community of people who are hungry for this kind of a subject. So be part of our, our ministry team, our prayer ministry team, our partnership team, but also be a voice for what you're listening to. If you love it, tell the stories of the people who are telling the stories to you. Thank you so much for listening. Come on the journey with us and please enjoy season two.